You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Once you cross the threshold of the grace of God, that you're secure in the beloved and there's absolutely nothing the enemy can do to rob you of, of your identity and your relationship with Christ because you're now blood kin. You're in the family. You are grafted in. Amen. You're a part of the family and God doesn't have orphans. So let the devil talk. Let the brethren talk. You can talk about my past all you want to. You can drag up my dirty all you want to. But my advocate, Jesus, is going to say, what sins are you talking about? Security is a big deal in this culture. We want to feel safe in our homes, our finances, and our relationships. But only God can give you the security you long for. In today's teaching, Pastor Gary explains that when you begin a relationship with God through Jesus, you're adopted into His family. You're not alone. You're not an orphan. And Jesus will be your advocate and will remind you that your mistakes are covered by His grace. No matter what you've done or what people may say, you're His. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Luke chapter 22 as he continues his message, the process of transformation. I looked up the Greek word for the word sift, and it gave me the word riddle, to riddle you. Then, then I had to go and look at, look at the uh, definition of the word riddle, and listen to this. This is very revealing. A riddle was an instrument for cleaning grain. Being a large sieve with a performed, excuse me, a perforated button, listen, which permits the grain to pass through it, but retains the chaff. It was an instrument, a riddle was literally an instrument that separated the wheat from the chaff. But what was interesting about the riddle is it, it was not preserving the wheat, it was preserving the chaff. And when Jesus told Peter, said, Satan hath desired you that he might sift you, that he might riddle you, what he was actually saying is Satan has desired to separate the bad and the good in your life, not to dispose of the chaff and store the grain, but to dispose of the grain and to store the chaff. In other words, Satan wants to take all your dirty mess and keep it before your eyes and remind you of who you were before Christ found you, remind you of who you were before the blood of Christ touched your life. And if he could keep you in that state of mind and keep you confused about who you are he can literally own you he can literally control you Satan see he wants to point out the chaff in your life and he's done a very good job at it because most Christians they don't serve God because of something some chaff in their past that the devil continually reminds them of and need I say sometimes the brethren remind them of are you a riddle in the lives of your brethren and sisters? Are you the one that preserves the chaff and holds it over their head and reminds them of how low down and no account and sorry they are and why they can't serve God? Then you're doing Satan's bidding. 
Because that's what Satan desires to do, is to hold the chaff over you and say, you can't do anything for God. You're not worthy to do anything for God. Look at your past. Look at who you are. Look at where you came from. You're hopeless. You're helpless. You're worthless. And the devil does a good job at discarding the wheat, discarding the good stuff, and highlighting the bad stuff, and focusing on the bad stuff. And he'll get you so distraught and so discouraged and so worried about what you've done, you'll forget about all the good that God has done in your life and that's what Jesus meant when he told Peter that Satan desired to have him that he might sift him and Satan desires to separate the good and the bad and, and, and elevate the bad and, and point out to, say, uh, to, to Peter that he is not worthy to serve Christ so number two in this process of transformation you must learn to deal with the disappointments of life the disappointments, particularly those disappointments that you put on yourself. The greatest disappointments to deal with are those when you disappoint yourself, when you disappoint your family, when you disappoint your church, when you disappoint your Savior. And see, if you understand, Peter was fixing to deny Christ three times that he even knew him. That was the depth that Satan was going to take Peter. And Peter, the Bible said, after he heard the cock throw, a crow thrice, he wept bitterly. Why did he weep? I'll tell you why he wept, because he saw the chaff. It completely caught him by surprise. Even though Jesus had forewarned him that he was going to do it, Peter was not convinced. Peter was convinced that he was Superman spiritually. He was convinced that he was ready to go all the way to the grave with Jesus. He told Jesus that, said, No, Lord, though they will slay me, I will not deny thee. And then, lo and behold, what did he end up doing? He ended up doing that which he thought he was never capable of. Have you ever made a mistake after you were saved that you thought that you would never be capable of? That is what Satan wants to hold over your head. That is what Satan wants you to identify yourself as. But see, you need to understand something. Your failure does not define who you are. Your failure does not define who you are. You may have failed, but if you're saved, you are not a failure. Because of the redemptive work of the blood of Christ that continually works in your life from the point of salvation to the point that you walk through heaven's gates. There is a redemptive work to keep you from living under the slave master of sin and the guilt and the condemnation of your sin. And thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord wants to teach us secondly through this process of transformation on how to deal appropriately with those disappointments. Are you going to let it cause you to quit? Are you going to let it cause you to, to, to drop out of the race? Are you going to let it convince you that you shouldn't sing for Jesus, that you shouldn't preach for Jesus, that you shouldn't witness for Jesus, that you shouldn't volunteer down at the church house for something? Or are you going to let God be God in your life and say, you know what, I'm not perfect, never will be, but God can take what's left of my life and do more with what my leftovers than I ever could have with the whole. Amen. 
I don't know about you, but this really helps me to know that God does not focus on the chaff, but he focuses on the wheat. We all have chaff in our lives. The question is, which voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of Satan which points at the chaff? Are you listening to the voice of the Savior which points at the wheat that he's producing in your life? You must learn to deal with disappointments. It's interesting enough that the modern definition of the word riddle is to a mystifying, misleading, or puzzling question posted as a problem to be solved or guessed. See, Satan wants to puzzle you about who you are. He wants to confuse you about who you are. He wants to cause you to look at that single, isolated, maybe even perhaps, mistake. Maybe you've even done it repetitively over and over again. But he wants you to identify yourself as that mistake and and puzzle you. This is really an identity crisis. He had, he had Peter all confused because Peter found himself doing things he didn't even think he was capable of doing anymore. I've bumped into Christians along the journey that thought that because they did something they should have never done after they say they assumed then only a lost person could have done that. I must, be, I must not even be saved. Did you know that saved people are just as capable of committing the same sins as lost people because of the robe of flesh that we live in? Now, that's not popular preaching, but that is truth and that is reality. Amen. Now, you may not have done so, and you may live better than the rest of us, but I'm telling you, all of us are capable of doing anything that a lost person can do if we do not live under the control of the Spirit of God in our lives. Do not allow your past mistakes to define you. If you are blood-bought, born again, saved by the grace of God, then you are an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You can overcome your sin. You may not have yet, but you can walk in victory over your sin. You do not have to allow your past to define or shape your future. The riddle, the sifting. You're going through an identity crisis. And somebody's told you you can't even be saved and do that. Hogwash. Amen. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that a saved man can't do certain sins. You won't find it. The truth is, we got 1 John 1, 9 in the Bible which says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. The Bible also said these things uh, that I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He don't want you sinning, but he's got an advocate, a lawyer, that is ready to represent your case every time you do sin so that he can prove you just, prove you righteous through the blood of Christ so that when the, the Satan, the accuser of the brethren, comes in and tries to sift you as wheat and tries to cause you to suffer an identity crisis and assume that you're no good and assume that you're not fit and assume this and assume that that the lawyer Jesus Christ can stand up in your life and say innocent case dismissed washed in the blood of Jesus there is no power that Satan can have over you as a child of God that you do not willfully surrender to him 
You've got to know who you are. You've got to know where you've been and where God has brought you from. And you've got to know that once you cross the threshold of the grace of God, that you're secure in the blood and there's absolutely nothing the enemy can do to rob you of, of your identity and your relationship with Christ because you're now blood kin. You're in the family. You are grafted in. Amen. You're a part of the family. And God doesn't have orphans. So let the devil talk. Let the brethren talk. You can talk about my past all you want to. You can drag up my dirty all you want to. But my advocate, Jesus, is going to say, what sins are you talking about? Glory to God. Whew. Mm. You must learn to deal with the disappointments of life. How do you do that? Well, Paul said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I'm never looking back. Yeah, I made a mistake, but I've learned from it. Yeah, I made a mistake, but I've confessed it and forsaken it and repented of it. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm going on with God. Hey, just because I fail don't mean I'm disposable. Amen. Away with this ideology that children of God are disposable. If you treat your brother or sister in Christ like they are disposable, then you are doing them a disservice. And God wants to change you through this process of transformation and teach you how to love your brothers and sisters like Christ loves your brothers and sisters. And need I remind you like he loves you. Oh, if we would love our brothers and sisters in Christ to the depth that Christ loves us. If we would be patient with our brothers and sisters in Christ, as patient as Christ has been with us. Amen. We would do away with gossip. We would quit talking about people behind their back. We would quit pl uh, being prejudiced and, and assuming that people are this or that and putting labels on people and excommunicating people from us and, 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 and putting this between us and other people because we understand that the ground is level at the foot of the cross and ain't none of us worthy to be here but by the grace of God anyhow. God wants to take us through this process of transformation that when we are converted, that is when we are changed, that, that is when we quit making the mistake of identifying ourselves with our past mistakes and start identifying ourselves with the power of Christ through his blood, then and only then are we able to either help ourselves or equip others to serve God. Isn't that good? Process of transformation. Where are you on this journey? So you must learn to deal with the demands of life. You must learn to deal with the disappointments of life. And thirdly, you must learn to delight in the divine's plan for your life. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. Delight in that. Rest in that hope. Walk in that hope. Know assuredly that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. You may have given up on yourself, but he has not given up on you. Your brethren may have given up on you, but he, thank God, has not given up on you. Amen. And God has a plan for your life, and that means God has an end in mind. That means God has got the beginning and the end all figured out, and he's just waiting on time and you to play along with his plan for your life. And the sooner you get a hold of these lessons, the further along you'll be on this process of transformation. To learn to delight in the plan that God has for you.
Again, that Greek word for the word convert means to revert or to come again. Some of you need to come back home. Come back. To come again. When you're converted, that means after you've been through the sifting, after you've been through the trouble and the trial, after you've after you've marred the name of Christ, if you've trampled underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ and brought his name to an open shame, after you've done all of that and disappointed your Savior and disappointed your family and disappointed your church and disappointed your brethren and after you've uh, been beat down to the point to where you can't go any further down, God is ready to restore you back to full fellowship. He's ready to bring you back home again like he did the prodigal son and restore you so that this time, you're different. This time, you're changed. This time, you walk with an understanding that you didn't have before you went into the far country. Now you have a renewed appreciation for who your father is and what your father's house provides for you. And next time, you won't take the grace of God for granted or for advantage anymore. And now you can walk with dignity, and, and, and you can walk with anointing in your life because you know what frame you're made of, and you know you're frail, and, and you walk in humility because you don't have nothing to brag on but what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. This time, you're different because this time, you've been through the sifting, and you've come out. Now you're looking like, looking like gold. You look like trash yesterday but you're looking like gold today because God's done polished you up and he's done hey he's done took that chaff that chaff that the devil has stored up to hold over you God has reached through and yanked the chaff out of Satan's hands and blew it out of your life and now the only thing left is the grace of God the only thing left is the glory of God the only thing left is the gold that God wants to shine in your life and now all you can do is brag on Jesus because you have nothing to claim but his grace and now that you're different and now now that you understand what grace is really all about, God can equip you to strengthen your brethren. Isn't that good? You must learn to delight in the divine's plan for your life. He has a plan. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 say? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now I know it don't look very good when you're down in the dungeon. For 20 years like Joseph was. And you're out of place. I don't know. I, I know it don't look very good when you're like Moses on the backside of the wilderness for 40 years. Going through this process of transformation. Confused about his whole life. Don't understand why he was born in poverty. Raised in riches and then thrust back out again. And now he's in a strange land. And, and now he's a foreigner everywhere he goes. He doesn't fit in anywhere he goes. Nothing makes sense in life at all. It's like chaos and craziness. And then when he's 80 years old. The time when most people are ready to retire and wait until they die. Amen. God sends him his burning bush. Have you ever seen your burning bush? You say, what is that, Brother Gary? That, that thing that won't consume in your life. That call that's in your life. That no matter what kind of trouble you've been in, no matter what kind of mistakes you've made, no matter what kind of past Satan can hold over your head, there's this burning bush that will not go away. It's not consumed and you try to walk past it but you end up turning around and looking at it again because heaven's got your attention on it. It's that call on your life to serve God. It's that call on your life to make a difference and no matter what you do, you just can't shake it and others said you should have let it go, let it go a long time ago because look at your past. Look what you've done. You're not fit. You're not worthy. You're not 
qualified, you're not this, you're not that, but God keeps bringing it back up in your life because he wants to get ultimate glory out of your life. Amen. And if you will allow this process of transformation to occur in your life, no matter where you are or where you've been, God can always and still always be able to take you where he originally planned on taking you. God's plans are not detoured by Satan's devices. Glory to God. I know it looks bad. I know it looks like the devil got the upper hand, but God, just he's just playing Satan like a pawn in your life. And when it is over, you can delight in God's plan. The key is, will you get back in today? Will you be converted? Will you come back home? Will you at once say, okay, God, I've messed up and I've given up on any chance of making a difference for you. And Lord, I've just been mediocre. I've just been nonchalant. Lord, I've just been passively, Lord, just riding the church for you because, and Lord, I, I, I know, Lord, that they, they say that there's a chance I can serve you, but Lord, I've never entertained that idea. But today, Lord, I come to you and I say, Lord, Though there may only be an ear and a leg left after Satan has devoured my life, Lord, would you take my leftovers and do something miraculous with them? Lord, would you use me in spite of all that has happened? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end, a, a planned end, a purpose-filled life. Isn't it good to know that no matter what the devil throws your way, it does not detour God from performing his will in your life? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I have not ended up where I thought I would end up. But I'm going to tell you something, it's a whole lot better than what I had planned. It's a whole lot better. And right now, it may not look good, but in the end, you just wait and see. You hear what God's telling you through this word. You just give it some time. You just keep being patient with God, waiting on him. And in the end, you will come forth as gold, and you'll look back and say, Hallelujah, I don't know how he did it, but he did get some glory out of all of that. God can work miracles out of messes. If you'll just learn to delight in his plan, for your life. And just throw hey, just throw yourself at the mercy of the altar of God. And say, God, this is my mess. I can't do anything with it, but Lord, your word teaches that you can do something with it. So here's my mess, Lord. I give it to you and I trust you that you have a plan in spite of all of this chaos. When God created the earth, the Bible said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And you, you, may, feel like, you may feel like things are void and without form and chaotic in your life. But the Spirit of God is moving. And Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2 was not the end of the story by any stretch of the imagination. It's just the beginning. And God's greatest works are only beginning in your life when you have come to the end of yourself. Isn't that good? So get ready to move. Get ready to change. Get ready to serve. 
get ready to operate in a brand new anointing and in a brand new identity when you finally understand and get it, when you get it in your heart, when you get it in your spirit, when you get it in your mind and you understand that, that you are secure in Christ, that your identity is in the grace of God and not in your past mistakes, then you can move forward and do mighty exploits for God and can't nobody stop you. In conclusion, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I've read this recently. Preached it recently, but the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God wants to use you beyond your wildest imagination, regardless of the sifting. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.